Alright, we're back. We are here again. Time to get into some news. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Here we go. First one up. Argentina's VP escapes death. Inches from death. Literally centimeters, actually. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. This is happening, but all right. <sighs> from the public, but on Friday, you know, have long provoked both love and hate from the public. But on Friday, the situation went out of hand. The leader was getting out of her car. But she found herself face-to-face with a loaded gun. This was an assassination attempt, but one that she escaped narrowly. After the gun pointed at her face, got jammed and did not work. Before we tell you more, take a look at what exactly happened. Exposed. She was exposed. 
I cannot believe the level of violence. We are waiting for our beloved Christina and she just went down to greet everyone, like every night, to greet the people. And suddenly, I heard it, suddenly, how can I describe it? A commotion was heard, it was the shot that the guy aimed at her and right next to me, they grabbed the guy, they dragged him over here. She has been a divisive figure to say the least. Her government was characterized by protectionist policies and social welfare programs. It rolled out multiple subsidies that raised public spending. Under her stewardship, Argentina became a regional bastion of LGBTQ rights. It first allowed gay marriage in 2010 and then passed a gender identity. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Alphabet Mafia. Unfortunate. Oh, man. Alphabet Mafia. Ah, the, the Alphabet Mafia is ruining civilizations, families, also opening the door for pedophilia. Entity law in 2012. As president of the Senate, she also confirmed a landmark decision to legalize abortion in Argentina. And in recent years, she has been implicated in several investigations. And this includes allegations of bribery and money laundering. She has been acquitted in several of those probes, but five are still pending. So as we can see here, I'm not even, I'm not, I, I in no way am I for this, um, for her assassination attempt. But what's coming behind her, what she is for, is basically going to destroy Argentina. It's going to destroy families, like I said before, and it's going to destroy patriarchy in Argentina okay Fernando Montel 35 allegedly aimed a pistol at Cristina Fernandez de Kircher and pulled the trigger outside her home last night okay loaded gun jammed inches from Miss Kircher's face and she was unarmed in the assassinated attempt Montel said to have a neo-nazi tattoo on his arm was bundled away by the vice president security guards. He does. He has the uh, Nazi tattoo on his on his elbow, the black sun. Okay. Hours after the, and she needs to get new security details. She needs to fire um, the entire security detail. Fire them all. They failed. Epically, they failed. All right. Hours after Brazil-born driver's arrest, clips of two recent TV interviews emerged, and one from five weeks ago, he asked what he thought of appointment of Sergio Massa as the economy's new minister of, of the economy. All right, he answered, Massa, no way, Massa, no, no way, before adding in reference to Ms. Kircher and 2023 presidential candidate Javier Mele or Cristina or Meli. 
The video went viral today along with a second TV interview in which he and his candy floss seller girlfriend criticized benefit scoundrels. Montel later boasted about his TV interviews on Argentine TV station Chronica. In one Instagram post, he wrote, I appeared on Chronica TV criticizing the government and Sergio Massa and a journalist congratulated me saying I knew about politics and should be a journalist. I don't know about that. You're a white supremacist. The TV station was rerunning the videos on, the, on its website today with the strap line, The Hitman Was Wanted to Kill, Christina Spoke to Chronica. Montel nicknamed Teddy was born in Brazil, but speaks perfect Spanish with a local accent after moving to Argentina in 1993. Another Instagram post shows the death metal fan trying to take a selfie with Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins, who died while on tour in Colombia in March. Montel said the video with Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters a week before he died. I feel his death was very much having known him before he went. Social media pictures also reveal he had an Iron Cross tattoo on his right hand and a Black Sun tattoo on his left elbow. The symbol Swar's Son in German was used in the SS Chief Heinrich Hilmer's castle and often appears on neo-Nazi flags. Peyton Gendron 18 used it in a twisted manifesto issued before the Buffalo shooting rampage killed 10 in May. And white supremacist Brenton Tarrant, who murdered 51 mosque worshippers in New Zealand, had a black sun symbol on his rucksack. Montel's alleged links to far-right groups were being investigated today amid claims he had followed extremist groups on his now-deleted social media. It also emerged he was arrested in March last year after being found in possession of a knife. The 14-inch weapon fell out of his Chevrolet Prisma after he was stopped by police over a missing number plate. He said it was for self-defense and the case was later dropped. Montel, who has an Argentine mom and a Chilean dad, is said to have used a 32 caliber Persa semi-automatic to try and kill Miss Creature 69. Shocking footage showed the handgun being pointed close to her face outside her home in Buenos Aires last night. Hundreds of supporters had gathered to greet her when she suddenly, when suddenly an arm, an arm holding a pistol was thrust out of the crowd. Dramatic footage shows the terrified politician ducking and holding her head as her bodyguards overpowered the assailant. President Alberto Fernandez said the gun had been loaded with five bullets, but jammed when fired. Well, she's lucky because she had a stupid assassin for, on her tail because he didn't test the weapon out before using it. Okay. He said a man pointed a firearm at her, her head and pointed a firearm at her head and pulled the trigger. Christina is still alive because of some reason yet to be confirmed the gun did not fire. He added it was the most serious incident since we recovered democracy in 1983 after military dictatorship. Sergio Massa, the economy minister called it an attempted assassination. He tweeted, when hate and violence prevail over debate, societies are destroyed and situations like these arise attempting assassination, he tweeted. Former President Mauricio Marci also condemned the attack. He wrote on Twitter, this very serious event demands an immediate and profound clarification by the judiciary and security forces. Ms. Cursor is herself a controversial former president and first lady of Argentina. She was president from 2007 to 2015, following her husband, Nestor's four years in charge of 2000, from 2003. She is currently in the middle of a corruption scandal and was returning from court when she came in contact with the crowd. 
Prosecutors accuse her of being involved in a plot to divert public funds, and she denies. They're gonna deny. All right. Now let me see if I could show you a uh, picture of this dude. One second. See, Nazi tattoo right here, the Black Sun, Azov Battalion had this. Alright. That Nazi stuff be corrupting, man. Real corruption right there. Those Nazis aren't going to help you, okay? Therefore, that's the thing I never understood, though, too. Um, you're not white. Nazis are for pure Aryan. White. You have to be white. They don't want anybody who's not German. Just saying. Alright, on to the next story now. Alright, here we go. So it seems that uh, Joe Biden is trying to go after Trinidad and Guyana for energy resources that's what he's trying to do let's check out what they got to say what these parasites got to say uh, about um, what they want to do the media still denies Nazis exist yeah yeah and unfortunately people will a lot of people will believe them. But let's hear what these these parasites got to say now. All right. Here we go. Three, three nations in the region, the, the democracy trend is in the right direction. And they have significant energy resources at a time when there's global energy insecurity. Uh, Guyana, Suriname, Trinidad, and Tobago. Um, Senator Rubin and I just had a meeting with the president of Guyana, President Ali, right before this hearing began. He was in our office and it was a productive visit. Um, Guyana had a uh, proposal on the table for an IDB loan to develop their natural resources. 
the U.S. vetoed the loan in March. The IDB would not provide the $180 billion loan to allow Guyana to develop their energy resources, and it was the U.S. that vetoed it. I am really struck by an incoherence in this administration sort of energy policies. There's three goals. We want to we battle climate change. We want to help nations who are allies wean themselves away from dictators in terms of getting energy supply. We also have an... And the U.S. Has, government has been a dictator to other nations. Let's get that straight. All right. I'm talking to people who actually have sense and actually understand this, okay? They actually understand that the United States government is corrupt. They're not with this hippie crap or this Republic, Democrat, Republican crap that we're there for freedom, that we go over there and we, we, we fight for our country's freedom. What freedom have you gotten from Operation Desert Storm, Operation Iraq? Did you give freedom to Af the Afghanistans when you decided to abandon them and left them to fend for themselves against the Taliban? I just want to know what type of freedom. Interest in any country with whom we have an alliance to help them develop their economies in a positive way to produce um, economic activity that can help their people. I am very confused at the message that the administration is sending on energy policy. Vetoing an IDB loan for, for Guyana, um, but encouraging Saudi Arabia to pump more oil to help our allies. Often canceling U.S. domestic oil leases at the same time as we're trying to help our allies wean themselves away from Russian energy. In particular, what might you do, should you be confirmed, and I'll begin with you, Mr. Prichet, what might you do to help... Suriname or Trinidad and Tobago appropriately develop their energy resources guarding against corruption and some of the other issues. Because look, if we're going to veto loans to nations like Guyana, China's just going to step in and do those loans. I mean, let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, and then we end up losing influence with nations that would rather partner with the United States. What, what can you do should you be confirmed to help advance appropriate development of these things. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the United States wants to cripple nations. You don't want to do real business. Oh, man. My role, if um, confirmed as ambassador, is to ensure that American companies can continue to compete for those oil licenses and contracts in the region. Robert A. Falsier, nominee for U.S. ambassador to the Republic of Suriname. Man, they want to crush competition. They don't want to compete you know, true competition. They want to make sure you're down. They ain't giving you no, like, they ain't giving you no, they don't want to deal with you right the right way. They want to make sure they get everything for themselves. Let's go here. Mr. Senator, thank you very much for that question. Uh, this is really one of the critical issues in front of us right now as we look for Suriname's continued forward development of its democracy, its human rights structures, as well as its economy. Suriname is sitting on vast oil reserves, as we understand it, off its coast. And American companies have been involved in developing and extracting that oil wealth. They have done this without support from the United States government. They have not asked for our support, as I understand it. Nor has, uh, if I'm aware of it, uh, Suriname asked for any kind of loans through the IDB or other organizations of that nature. 
My role, if I'm confirmed as ambassador, is to ensure that American companies can continue to compete for those oil licenses and uh, contracts in the region and, if, and make sure that there's a fair and level playing field for that form of competition so that they do not lose out to countries like the, the PRC and others who might then be able to influence Suriname in negative ways. I would note, however, that Suriname's move toward democracy predates the discovery of oil off its shores. And it has been making the right steps in that. And if I'm confirmed as ambassador, I will continue to support and work with the Surinamese government to ensure that it continues its economic and development as it must. I hope Trinidad, Guyana, and Suriname, they make these people, you know, look, you're going to give us our loans, what we need to develop our energy resources, whatever we need. Otherwise, you could kick rocks. I hope that's, I hope they have the balls and the guts to say that. I really do. Because unfortunately, like, you have some African countries, like in Africa, <clears throat> you have sellouts that will gladly, okay, take the U.S. dollar at the expense of their own people. That's how, that, that's how some of them are. That's how With some the of them sufferance are. of my colleagues, I'm over. Okay. Biden's new U.S. Caribbean initiative goes after the region's energy resources. Candace Bond is the administration's nominee for U.S. ambassador to the Republic of Trinidad. Oh, no. Trinidad and Tobago. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Oh, man. All right, here we go. With the sufferance of my colleagues, I'm over time, but I would like to give Ms. Bond a chance to briefly... Um, answer the question as well. Yes, I, this is an important issue that came up in the Summit of the Americas, and the Vice President brought forth a uh, new U.S. Caribbean initiative um, that would really look at energy security and the development of three specific areas and taking a regional approach as opposed to an individualized country approach. So focused on energy security focused on food security as well as finance. Um, so what we're really looking for is to leverage that opportunity and to look at long-term sustainable um, growth and, and focus in these areas and working on a regional basis as opposed to an individual basis. I don't trust her. I don't trust none of the administration. I just hope that they do the right thing. On to the next story. I really do. I hope they have the guts and the with of all to make their make their um the demands known. And if US can't abide by it, go go do your business with other countries that will. If it's China, I really hope you haven't, you know, make your demands known and you're bold as a lion when it comes to the um to the Chinese government. Because they don't give a damn about my about minorities. Okay. They're very much like America, the American government. All right. Next one up is Ukraine. Let's talk about Ukraine. All right. 
Ukrainian officials accused of stealing train loads of aid. Train loads, baby. That's what they're accused of. Remember what I told you, man. Told you about uh the last report I did. Okay. You know what they were doing. And it's sad that they're doing this to their own people. Your own people that need it, okay? And they are dying. They're getting slaughtered. Okay? And I thought, I, I do kind of have some, you know, I have some sympathy for them in a way. In a way, because you guys were doing horrible things to black immigrants and non-white immigrants. Okay? And they can't leave. They, they can't be like, you know what? Screw the war. I want to quit. They face prison time. That's the problem. And that I feel bad. I really do feel bad for when it comes to that. Alright? You're, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Alright? The allegation comes amid mass raids by the SBU and anti-corruption agency in the Zarapuk region. Green officials in the eastern Zarapuk region are being investigated for allegedly stealing massive amounts of humanitarian aid sent to them. They are accused of looting hundreds of freight cars worth of goods. Raids at offices, addresses associated with the suspected embezzlers were reported on Tuesday. Agents of the SBU, Ukraine's successor to the KGB, and the anti-corruption agency NABU conducted the operations according to a statement by the agencies. The region is mostly controlled by Russian forces, but its capital, uh, Zaporup, I can't pronounce this name, and some of the surrounding areas are under Kyiv's control. The raids targeted the Kyiv-appointed administration and members of the city council according to the SBU. Alright? And then NABU. The agencies are also reported confiscating what they believe to be narcotics and illegal firearms while searching the premises. While the official statement offered few details, a more comprehensive account of the ongoing probe came from Ukrainian public figure Evgeny Sidoko, who is widely described by the local media as an unpaid agent of for the NABU. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> Ukraine's. They already you, you already exposed to the Ukraine the nature of Ukrainians, all right? The nature of Ukrainians is to screw each other over, you know, everyone for themselves, which is pretty sad because now many of the Ukrainian soldiers are just dying in droves. Okay, they have to use their own cars to fight this war. Instead of driving in tanks, you drive in your own car. Imagine being told that you, as a American soldier, gotta use your car to drive into battle. Oh man, can't make this up. The ongoing probe came from the Ukrainian public figure, Evgeny Tsarko, who is widely described by the local media as an unpaid agent for the NABU. The agency has previously confirmed working with him. According to the post Facebook, on Facebook, the suspected grifters made off with almost all humanitarian aid sent to the region, selling the goods through local retail chains. The total volume of what was stolen amounts to 22C transport containers, 389 train cars, and 222 trucks, Sinko claimed. The activist <clears throat> named several senior 
officials in Zaragoza region as suspects and shamed them for posing as Ukrainian patriots while profiting at the expense of the country. Shegakli Shevizitsky, I'm sorry, Shevizchenko is a controversial figure in Ukraine. He emerged from the radical wing of the so-called Madian protests of 2013 and 2014 and made a name for himself as an associate, associate of the military militia commander and former MP Paulstinian Grishin who prefers to be called by his nom Dervish sermon Shemichenko. Last year, Shemichenko and Shemichenko were arrested on allegations of involvement in the illegal militia. The arrest came after Shemichenko had accused the office of President Vladimir Shalinsky of derailing an intelligence operation aimed at luring a group of Russian security contractors to Ukraine and, det and detaining them. Shemichenko believes that his arrest and that of Shemichenko were an act of revenge by Zelensky's chief of staff, Andriy Armak. In his post about the raids in Zarpi region, he linked the suspects with the president and the head of his office, pointing out that the officials targeted had been appointed by Kiev. Yeah, th this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Thievery. All this money donated, all this food, all these weapons donated, and it's getting stolen getting you know the weapons can't be tracked okay our tax dollars to pay for these weapons sent over there all right tax dollars for food and aid they go over there we can't track it so these weapons could end up in the hands of the taliban these weapons like they already had weapons after you know the u.s u.s military pulled out of there you know all that military equipment was ready now to get they could get a a double portion of that um it's embarrassing i mean other nations are laughing at the united states government because of the, the incompetence and the stupidity all right okay here's another uh interesting topic Inflation going on in New York City. Let's take a look at it, shall we?
feeling the squeeze. With inflation on the rise, the Federal Reserve is making another move to try and tamp down rising prices. Today, the Fed raising interest rates 0.75%, meaning it'll cost you more to borrow money. Prices for just about everything are at a 40-year high. CBS 2's Dave Carlin went to bodegas and shops around town where even the least expensive items are getting hit. Bacon, egg, and cheese? Yeah, very good. Jason Potenti starts his day with one at least three times a week. The costs of making his beloved bacon, egg, and cheese are on a roll going higher and higher. The price is $4.50 here at Hudson Marketplace, while some other places charge $5 and more for something that was once priced down around $2.50. Anything five, six, seven dollars. I'm walking out, and that's why assistant manager Adam Yenya says this Hell's Kitchen bodega churning out about 120 of these a day. Make sure not to inch up the price too often, and not by much. People that go to work in the morning, they want something affordable. Here at One Dollar Pizza Slice on Ninth Avenue in Hell's Kitchen, some cost to do bacon and egg. I'm a New Yorker. That man, that's sacrilege, man. That's a crime. Hiking up the price on bacon and eggs. Yo, come in early in the morning to work, and you got to deal with this? Taxes, they robbing you, and they robbing you for bacon, egg, and cheese. Unbelievable. It's a crime, I tell you. It's a crime. Doing business have recently doubled. And the flour was $16. Now it's $30. Even with the flour doubled to $30 a bag, he leaves the slice price at $1. $1 pizza, what do you think? I think it's wonderful. Come. He may have to raise it eventually. Three weeks ago, he boosted the price of each topping, and now he charges a little... $30 for the flour? Sheesh, he event... Ah, I cringe, man. I cringe. And especially with this dark winter coming. Whew. A little bit more for drinks. If they go up to like one... Time, yo, Times Square pizza? A dollar? That was the best, man. You walk past um, Times Square... Um, station, get off 42nd Street, Times Square, walk down, have a little date, you know, talk, perfect date, sit there, dollar pizza, perfect, perfect, man, just getting to know the person, a dollar, a dollar pizza date, no problem, ah, Yeah, man, that's that's a crime. It's a crime, I tell you. Uh. Big crime, big crime. Now we gotta talk about Russia. Russia is super petty. I'll tell you that much. I gotta, I, I gotta respect them. Though. I gotta respect them. I mean, hey. Europe, they should have known better. Let's get back into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K.
Now, it has been a summer of chaos in Europe, from heat waves to drought and from travel disruptions to cost of living crisis. Summer of 2022 was unpleasant, at the least, for Europe. However, even the times ahead look grim as Europeans are staring at a difficult winter. With winters just around the corner, Russia has closed a crucial gas pipeline for Europe. Russia's gas giant, Gazprom, has closed the Nord Stream 1 pipeline for three days, citing routine maintenance on Wednesday. The closure has now been extended indefinitely over a reported oil spill. The oil spill was found close to the Finnish border, where gas is put under high pressure to allow it to flow through the pipeline all the way to Germany. Now, in a statement on Telegram, Gazprom said representatives of Germany's Siemens have also endorsed a report on the oil spill. The Russian state-owned company says it cannot fix the leak due to a lack of parts. The essential parts company says are covered by international sanctions against Russia. The West is accusing the Russian president of using gas supplies as a weapon to bring Europe to its knees. Well, uh, gee, you put sanctions on him and you aiding his enemy, which is Ukraine, a white supremacist nation. Um, yeah, strategy would be the right thing to do. I mean, yeah, it's war. You decided to make war with Russia, and Russia is handling you accordingly. Now you guys in need. Now you guys are crying about it. I can't, I can't feel sorry for Europe. You supported Nazis. Without crucial Russian supplies, Europe will be left without the means to keep itself warm through the winter, from geysers to heaters, all run on the power which is ultimately fueled by Russian gas. All this you knew, you know you need from Russia, you decide to go against them. Here's a quite here's a nice option you guys have. Drop the sanctions against Russia and stop supporting Ukraine. Stop supporting them. Okay? You don't know where your money's going. Alright? The weapons you give over there, I don't know if Europe is doing that. They're probably dumb enough to do that. Just saying you guys are hand in hand with America, supporting Ukraine, giving them weapons. The weapons you give them, you can't track them. All right. So stop supporting Ukraine. Take the sanctions off Russia, and Russia will give you back some energy, so you won't freeze this winter. Unfortunately, they won't do that. Common sense is common sense is not common. Which Gazprom says has endorsed its support, has clarified that an oil leak in a pumping system does not have to be a reason to close the Nord Stream One pipeline. Now, according to the German manufacturer. There are enough other turbines available in the Russian compressor station. Commenting on the latest developments, European Union says the bloc is well prepared in the event of a total halt in Russian gas deliveries thanks to storage capacity and energy saving measures. Whatever be the claims and counterclaims, all we know right now for sure is that Europe is now crumbling and scrambling to reduce consumption for one and looking for alternative sources of energy for another. And there's certainly no denial to the fact that if the Russian gas supplies remain disrupted in the coming months, this winter, Russia will have the upper edge again.
And that's basically it. Okay. All I'm hearing is Russia winning. Russia's winning. All right. That's all I'm hearing right now. Okay. Russia is winning. Everybody else is taking an L. You're going against the bear, and they are making sure everybody... They're like Santa Claus. <laughs> and they... No, you know what? Remember that Floyd Mayweather Facebook meme? All right? And he's just tossing L's. That's, what, that's what's happening now. It's just Putin tossing L's to everyone, <laughs> to all of Europe. L's, 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 and USA L's. <laughs> that's what it is. Just a bunch of L's. Woo! All right. No sympathy for Europe. Yep, pretty much. Don't feel the same. I don't feel bad for them. And I can't feel bad for whatever happens, you know, to a country that supports white supremacy. John Stewart and the Pentagon honor Ukrainian Nazi at Disney World. I, you have heard it, it right. John Stewart, Pentagon, supporting a, what again? Ukrainian Nazi. Defense Department sponsored Warrior Games featured liberal comedian John Stewart awarding a member of Ukraine's neo-Nazi Azov Battalion at Disney World. The Pentagon refused to tell the grave zone whether the taxpayers, U.S. taxpayers funded the foreign competitors' travel this August during the Department of Defense annual Warrior Games at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. In this August 19th to the 28th, liberal comedian John Stewart awarded Ukrainian military veteran named Idhor Holska part of the team award for inspiring his team with his personal example. Holska happened to have been a member of the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion, which has been armed by the U.S. and integrated into Ukrainian National Guard. The award-winning ultra-nationalist wore, wore a sleeve over his left arm as he accepted the prize, presumably to cover up his tattoo of the Nazi Sonorad, or Black Sun. The same Black Sun that was put on the elbow of the guy who tried to assassinate the Argentina VP. Their part... <clears throat> the, the pair are part of a team of 40 Ukrainian veterans participating in the Warrior Games. They were joined at the ceremony for this year's competition by Darius Rucker, the former vocalist of the glorified bar band Hootie and the Blowfish. Wow. And liberal comedian John Stewart. John Stewart delivers opening remarks at the DOD Warrior Games. During the closing ceremony, Stewart awarded the Azov Italian Holska Haluska with the Heart of the Team Award. The announcer proclaimed that Ihor inspires his team with his personal example and his unique sense of humor. Sergeant First Class Ihor Holska embodies the spirit and determination that is the heart of the Team Ukraine. Stewart triumphantly bellowed Ihor as the Nazi was presented with the trophy. This is crazy. Talk about like you got sellouts. Woo! Sell out. All right. Prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February this year, mainstream outlets 
from the Daily Beast to Vox to foreign policy and even to the U.S. government propaganda outlet Voice of America have each acknowledged that the Azov Battalion's embrace of Nazism, right sector group that has been similarly identified as a fascist organization. Since the invasion, however, Western corporate media has downplayed the presence of Nazis in the Ukrainian armed forces as groups like Azov has been taken on prominent frontline roles. Reached by phone, Warrior Games Communication Director Travis Kleiter would not tell who covered the travel expenses of Team Ukraine and other foreign competitors. Kleiter merely stated that the Department of Defense is not responsible for their costs. However, he noted that the relationship with each team is different. Ukraine and Canada are the only foreign teams participating in this year's competition. Oh yeah, because the Canadian government, you know, supports Azov Battalion. They support it. While promising this reporter a more complete response by email, Clayter has so far failed to deliver. The video on the DoD War Games YouTube channel entitled Family Night at the Magic Kingdom shows some members of the Team Ukraine enjoying a night out at the world-famous theme park. Wow. This year's Warrior Games are taking place at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Walt Disney World Resort. Competitions include shooting, wheelchair rugby, cycling, powerlifting, indoor rowing, wheelchair basketball, field, golf, track, swimming, sitting, volleyball, and archery. This is the first year Team Ukraine has participated in the Warrior Games. Its athletes came away with at least 18 gold medals. I'm telling you now, they are slowly, slowly trying to get the U.S. to embrace Nazism. That is what is happening. Ukraine's team is composed of several veteran athletes that participated in the Invictus Games, a similar competition of wounded veterans funded by the Prince Harry after the English Royal attended the Warrior Games. Ukraine's Invictus Games team and Warrior Games are both led by Oksana Borbech, according to the Ukrainian Ministry of Veteran Affairs. trying to get this country to accept this. Yeah, mainstream media will not report this. They won't. They won't. They slowly want they want the U.S., the populace, to be okay with white supremacy from a Nazi perspective. That's what they're trying to do. And then when they fully get into the army, when they fully get into the police department, when they fully get into the National Guard, okay, when they fully get into the police department, when, it, when it's fully cultural jihad, okay, that is when you want to take over a country, you send people over there. They learn the laws of the land and they get in power and change the view of the people of that land that you want to conquer. That's what happened to Switzerland, okay? That's what happened to Sweden. <clears throat> That's what's happening. And they're doing it here. They're following cultural jihad. That is what they're doing. It's sad. It's, uh, insane about what's going on all right last one last one on this wild ride wild yet informative ride 
Hope you guys are learning that, you know, life is not a joke. We're not going back to normal. Okay? Things are going to get real. And I hope everybody's learning to just, uh, to prepare. Because the justice system is now slowly showing itself it's what it's always been. And that is a joke. Don't believe me? Let's look into this story right here. Last one for today. A family sharing a frightening story. A man set fire to their back door to get inside their home. And there is video to show you. Investigators say once the man got in, he went into a 13-year-old girl's bedroom. This nightmare scenario unfolds on Lake Cypress Circle in Northwest Harris County. Meanwhile, RC on Roads is live in downtown Houston tonight where a suspect is in custody. Sian? And he was already out on bond for aggravated robbery with a deadly weapon. So far, no bond set yet in these latest incidents he's accused in. A judge will decide that tomorrow, but the family in this case hopes this time he stays behind bars for good. Behind two hours before I drove in. Surveillance video from a neighbor's camera appears to show a man identified by investigators as 33-year-old Andre Singleton setting fire to a table and then the back door of this home. Detectives say he broke the glass panes on the door to get inside. Nobody knows. Nobody wake up. According to the Harris County Precinct 4 Constable's Office, Singleton made his way upstairs and into the bedroom of a 13-year-old girl. Pull her hair and then lock her mouth, tell her not talk, quiet. He heard, tell her that he's so tired. He want to lay down on her bed. And he want her to lay down with him. But she's waking the child told her parents she tried to distract the man by asking him questions. She said, come, and that's why I brought my daughter. And stay calm and talk to him calmly. Ah, help me, help me. When it was clear she wasn't going to get out on her own, she screamed, jolting her big brother out of sleep. I ran so fast and tried to bump to the door, but someone in there blocked him. Then I go back and then I said, open the door, open the door. And then he come back again. He said... I'm lost. Can you open the door for me? The struggle continued at the door until the man jumped out the bedroom window and ran away. If my sister didn't say nothing, he's going to rape her. That's how I feel. If I was not in the right time, he's going to rape her. I want the, 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 the judge and the police locking down a long, long time. Deputy constables with Precinct 4 quickly catching up with him in the neighborhood a short time after this incident. He is now behind bars, charged with burglary with intent to commit a felony, injury of a child, and two counts of arson because he tried to set another house on fire that same overnight. Live downtown. <laughs> he was going to do it again. He was going to do it again. People, I mean, that brother, he did his job. Her brother did his job. He did his job. People have to learn to protect themselves. Like I said, the criminal justice system is no longer on your side. You have to protect yourself. You have to. It's becoming a joke now. They are always on bond. It's almost as if people who are committing crimes are more likely to do more t more crime. 
and should be held in jail for the public safety. Yeah, but people don't want to, uh, they don't want to do their job in law enforcement and the justice system. And then they get mad when people uh, take the law in their own hands because you're not doing your job. And plus we have food shortages coming. <clears throat> we have food shortages coming. We have water shortages. People are going to go crazy. And you're going to have, and the mental health system is a joke. I'll tell you that now. It's a joke. They keep people in these shelters and these facilities just for money. They're just walking checks. He will find a shelter. He will find food and clothing and housing. And he will do this again. They'll find some way to let him out. Unless he does something extremely heinous. Alright, that's that's this is how it is. People have to arm themselves, people have to learn to de to defend themselves because this is not going to stop. It is not. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Alright. And, uh... That's it. That's it for now. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.